0: Nailer's Natter, just talking to teachers. Talking to teachers about academic research and evidence-based practice with continuing
1: professional development, at PNA1977 on Twitter.
0: Nailer's Natter, just talking to
1: teachers. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Nailer's Natter. Uh, You must excuse me for being on a little bit of a high this week as it is finally our Easter holidays and over the weekend I had the fantastic news that Wigan Athletic have survived and stayed in the championship for another season. So please indulge me this... As Wigan Athletic supporters will know, that is our goal celebration. Not very often heard, but it certainly was over the weekend. So with sincere apologies to the Leeds United and Preston North End supporters. Uh, As I said, it's Season 2, Episode 2. And can I thank last week's guest, Amy Forrester? We had a fantastic reception to that podcast with over 500 listens to that. So that's absolutely amazing. So thank you again, Amy. This week's guest is Mr. Liam Webb. Liam is a PE teacher, a share learn teach and a learning uploader and he is a charged-up education webinar host and PE website creator. And this week he will be discussing the whole part whole learning model which was first published as a research paper in March 1993 by Richard A. Swanson and Brian D. Law. So without further ado, I hand you over to a fascinating interview with Mr. Liam Webb. (laughs) <laughs> okay, welcome Liam to Nailers Natter. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so we'll start with the question that I'm still calling the X Factor question, despite the fact that everybody hates it. So if you can tell us about you, your journey to this point, and your current role.
0: Awesome. Um, so yeah, my name's Liam Webb. I am a physical education teacher, a integrated pathway teacher, and a cover supervisor at St Mary's in uh, Blackpool, Lancashire. I'm currently working in my role alongside my online platform via ShareLearn, Teach PE for Learning, Charged of Education, to really push the standard of PE in terms of research, in terms of evidence-based practice, and really engaging the students in the subject in using the various teaching methods. And you know, if people want to follow me on Twitter, it is at mrweb underscore pu. That's where I'm most active at this moment in time. But well, like I said, I do a lot of work with Shed, Learn, Teach. That's where all my resources go. Whether with the charge Up Education, which we'll talk about later, I'm doing a lot of webinars at the moment. But well, that's, that's about it, really, in terms of make at the moment.
1: Fantastic. And it's great to speak to new teachers, and it's great to speak to a different discipline to mid where we've spoken before. So we've done a lot with English maths science but it's good to get into PE and the application of research in physical education is really interesting for listeners I'm sure so as you know the big focus of the podcast is to discuss with listeners the one piece of research that's most influenced you so what is that one piece of research
0: so I did a lot of research during my time as a PGC student, and the one thing that stuck out for me was an article on Whole Part Whole, uh, the learning model, and it was uh, it's been created by Swanson and Law, and that's the one thing I've really used uh, during my time at Edge Hill, during my time at Carhill Hill, and then into my time at St Mary's. Really, you know, the fundamental of my teaching, and, and that's the article that I have used to base my teaching practice on, really.
1: Okay, so um, I'm not familiar with that one personally, and I'm sure that some listeners won't be, so could you give us sort of a, a brief oversight of what that paper contains? So it's all about creating a
0: strategy that works for the students and allows the students to understand scaffolding and the reasoning behind why why you're teaching certain aspects in a certain order, for example, um, it go. I read into it due to I was teaching um, dance at the time when I was uh, on my PGCE, and it allows the student to break down the whole dance into, into each 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 feet into five segments, shall we say? And they're allowed to see in segment one and five the purpose and the whole skill put together. However, then it goes into breaking down each aspect for the student and allows it to shall we say, smaller chunks of them to digest and understand, and you build upon those. And Swanson and more, really go into understanding the, the, the student psychology and it allows them to understand the scaffolding and the reasoning to why they're learning certain points before they put it all back together. So it really discusses how each part of the learning goes into instructing, demonstrating, applying and confirming each aspect of the learning before putting it back together into the whole movement shall we say i mean a really good example that i've spoke about numerous times with other practitioners is if you would teach the triple jump and this can be sometimes quite difficult for teachers to teach because the students really can't constantly understand how to actually perform it so the easiest way to actually understand their article is by looking it through the triple jump so for example if you were to break the whole lesson down into five segments your first segment would be based on the whole action, so you would introduce the skill as a whole component to the students, and then you would break it down to so your first lesson or first task would be based on the hop. So the students would need to be instructed, demonstrate it, apply it, and convert it before they moving on to the skip and then they do the same process with the skip and then the same princess with process with the jump but they must master each individual skill aspect before moving on otherwise the whole scaffolding doesn't work because obviously it's in the correct order and then once they've done the individual three tasks you put it all back together in the whole action at the end and uh swanson and more really do stay you know if the students are given it as a whole at the beginning and then they break it down, they see that learning process and they start to respect it and and analyse it and think this is why we're learning it, this is the point of the actual process we're doing. So it really does give them a bit of, you know, um, a bit of independence in terms of what they're learning, but also an understanding to why they're being taught in a certain way.
1: Fantastic. And I'm sure that that will chime with a lot of other research papers that we've been looking at so far on the podcast. Just a couple of questions, uh, if if you don't mind, on that. Mm -hmm. So if there's a particularly expert triple jumper that comes to your lesson, would they still be expected to go through that whole part, whole model, or is there a way of introducing them in at a certain stage depending on you know how expert they are?
0: Um, the, the, in, in PE we're quite lucky you know there's lots of different things that can be done, we, we, we can get roles in the classroom, you know we can have, um, I've always got gifted and talented students sometimes to you know peer assess and peer help because that really does develop their confidence because obviously we want to holistically develop, we want to get that confidence, we want to get that communication. However, if you wanted to go through that process with them, that's absolutely fine. I mean, I've taught triple jump before using um, rugby pads, you know, that they need to use to either jump over or really getting that explosive power in the hop, the skip, and the jump and really working on that technique but forcing it up and using that, that ATP reserve in order to really kick on with what they're doing so there's lots of different things you can do you know you can't you to, to, to really stretch and challenge you know just differentiating it and making sure that they are
1: engaged in the lesson but at the same time they are following the process but you can obviously adapt to where it needs be for these students who are already who have already mastered the skill, shall we say and we've got the same for you know a pupil that despite your best efforts is still stuck on the first uh-huh. part of the technique how would you uh-huh. how would you withdraw the scaffold and at what point would you do that so obviously this is where if you do have students who are capable of doing it your peer peer work
0: gets involved you know that real time to practice on it but there is no there's no reason to Luckily, you know, at St Mary's we have a 100-minute lesson, so there's no reason to move that one individual student on until they are ready for the for the complete the complete whole action. I mean, you can't actually move on into the next segment until you have mastered it, otherwise the whole, you know, you, you can't do a triple jump where like the hop's running, but the skip and the jump is correct. So, luckily, with the time frame we have and, and, and the facilities we have, you can... I can position myself in the classroom, shall we say, in order to intervene with that one student. However, progressing the rest of the students on once they've mastered certain skills, there's no reason why that can't be done in the, in the timeframe and the facilities we have at St Mary. So that would be one thing that I would, would look into in terms of allowing yourself just to intervene where needed, but really just to stand back and watch. I think that's the most important thing with this model. It's always about, what do I want them to learn? how am i going to do it and how am i going to ensure they we've actually actually achieved it that's what i always look at for each segment so if they haven't developed it or if they haven't mastered it there is no reason why they shouldn't move on. you just need to intervene perhaps change the practice break down that skill a little bit further by demonstrating it you know obviously with the demonstration the demonstration has to be absolutely the model answer shall we say you can't teach the wrong technique in one segment so breaking it down even more so for that individual student, but allowing the others to progress onto the skip and the jump and potentially the whole action. So that's obviously built into, into my lesson plan. When I'm looking for registers and I know the students who I've got, I know potentially I've got a pre-made judgment who's going to struggle with certain aspects and who isn't. So categorising yourself as well in terms of where you put the students together. So grouping them, shall we say, with similar peers or peers who can help them progress as they're, they're better. So there's no reason to move the student on the until they're actually perfectly ready to do so.
1: Fantastic. So you've kind of talked about where and when you read it and why did you read it. Um, Just in terms of now maybe what could you say has been the impact of this and how have you gone about sharing it with other teachers? I know that you do a lot of that.
0: So in terms of the impact on the students, I mean, obviously, at the moment I teach a reduced timetable at St Mary's and have a, I only have a, a small number of students who actually wrote in the PE department, but I've I've seen, I teach the, the lower sets, a huge impact in their approach to PE. That's that's been the major major change I've seen a motivation because the students now are, are, are valuing the content and understanding that you know there is. There is reason to why I am teaching the way I teach. So I've tried to restructure the 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 cognitive field itself and force a change within my classroom. So so I've created a situation where the students now understand the reasoning for why I'm being taught by they're being taught in certain ways. And breaking down the skill, you know, not only does it allow them to understand it and it allows them to to really give them time to concentrate on it. But you you see that physical development in them hugely, especially with a skill such as the triple jump. I know we're moving on to athletics at the moment. I won't keep on going back to that. But it really, you know, it does work. It allows them to understand why they're doing it and it, it gives them, shall we say, a structured map to their learning. And So it allows them to understand the different parts and why each one is absolutely crucial for the whole part to work in the end by itself, shall we say. So, for example, if you were teaching the cricket uh, in cricket and bowling, you know, it's all about breaking down that skill for them to understand when it does come together, the technique works smoothly and correctly and that allows the students to deliver the correct delivery, shall we say. Well, it really, it, it encourages them and it gives them an overview about what they're learning and a reasoning to why techniques are needed in a quiet, um, to, to develop complete performance, shall we say. And It's given me a chance to really build a better relationship with some of them because um, it, it, it's given me an opportunity, shall we say, just really to teach what they want to teach, what they want to learn, and really breaking it down. Because you know, a lot of teachers, and I used to be one who said, I'm going to teach this, this is what I'm going to battle through before the end of the lesson because I planned it, and you know, that's one thing that I used to do, but now it's, it's allowed me to see from a student perception if they, if they are struggling with a physical skill why should I move on I shouldn't I should you know they've not learned what I want them don't want them to learn so therefore I'm going to take a step back and and see through their perspective and it, it gives it a bit of a level playing field in terms of the classroom dynamics and the relationship I have with them and it allows me just to take a step back and and, and think okay they're now starting to appreciate what they're learning and why they're learning it now let's actually crack on with what
1: Hello. hello, everyone. You are listening to my dad on the podcast called Nailers Natter. Follow him on Twitter at PNA 1977. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, in terms of sharing it, uh, listeners will be aware that you are extremely popular on social media, um, for, for Twitter, for example, but also yeah. you're extremely generous in sharing both your time and your expertise and your resources through different channels. So, uh-huh. if you could just talk to us about how do you go about sharing, what kind of networks uh-huh. you're in, uh, and what kind of events you may be attending to share this this work that you're doing.
0: Awesome. Yes. Uh, so, like you said, I've got an online profile, and it all started out with my Twitter page when I was a PGC student, and it's just grown and grown and grown since then. With you know discussion in terms of P pedagogy. Um, Teaching resources for both theory and practical, and just you know, sharing best practice. And the PE community is actually quite large. It's got a large online presence, and we do work together quite well and effectively with Google Drives, etc. So I always advertise all my work straight onto Twitter. and I always allow people to have it for free. I'll never charge anyone for any of my work. Um, but then I channel it through Charged Education and PE for Learning. And, and share learn, teacher and these are individual sites created for PE teachers for example they've got google drives attached to them they've got profiles where you upload all your work and people download it from there you know I've had great feedback for some of the stuff and some of the stuff you know not so so it's it's always a learning process when I put a resource up um, and I'm always willing to give it out you know it's as much as it is me trying to help the community it's more me developing my practice having people come back to me and say, well, You know, it worked with my students, but I'd change this and change this, and then I go and change it, and it works in right my classroom. So it's not just me giving to the community, it's really me taking back as well at the same time. In terms of stuff I've got coming up at the moment, I'm doing a lot of work with Charged Education, and I've worked with them since November last year, producing monthly webinars on, on PE topics, and I've done I started with the GCSE breakdown for handball. and Handball's quite a new sport at this moment in time in, in terms of the GCSE spec in this country. And luckily, it's something I've got a bit of an expertise in. So I was able to create a webinar through that site and upload it, and it really did get good feedback from the community. And since then, my webinars have really just exploded onto the scene. I've done monthly ones on a range of topics, bringing new sports into, the, into curriculums, in terms of uh, teaching practices and, and how to use technology in PE, shall we say. So, at the moment this weekend, um matter of minutes this week, and when this goes live, but in terms of the last weekend in April, I've got the online conference with Charged Vegetation and there's 20 people presenting with with 18 topics on show and i am presenting a few times and i will be presenting on whole part whole which i've discussed today and um, also you know new changes to the curriculum in terms of handball so i'm working quite a lot with them at the moment in time and you know it's something that i'm really really enjoying it's something that i'm going to keep on pushing and, and going for but you know like i said if anyone's ever interested in my resources the best place to, to, to find me is on twitter and everything that i will upload to the PE site, shall we say, always gets advertised on Twitter first, because that's where I've got the most, uh, the biggest audience, shall we say. So, you know, it's it's something that I'm really interested in at the moment, and I'm working hard to uh, keep, in, keep on going and balance with, you know, that work
1: and life, life and relationship. But yes, yeah, it's, it's really good at the moment. Brilliant, brilliant. And it is great to hear that, that there's a, such a community of sharing resources, people not, people not charging for that, people realising the importance of sharing best practice across. And like you said, it's very much a reciprocal relationship where you put something out there, somebody else put something out there and it's improving for everybody. Um, in terms of it going live, because uh, listeners may be aware that, that uh, we've finally made it to Easter, haven't we, Liam? You know, we've finally got finally. to our Easter holiday while everybody else is back. So we're currently recording this at the absolute crack of dawn in the morning um, on whatever day it is. But all I know is we're on holiday. So it will be going out pretty much live. So people will be able to check out that webinar and I'll put links to that site uh, on the podcast oh. intro. Um, if you could, as well, Liam, tell us a little bit about the article that you're doing and that's going to come out soon for Teacher Toolkits. So that's another example of you sharing evidence and research-based strategies to, to a, you know, the largest national profile network out there, there. And I'm sure that Ross will be listening to this. So if you could talk to us a little bit about that article, you know, what you talked about in there, and I'll give you a bit more detail in terms of when it's going to come out.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So. Uh... I got this opportunity, obviously, through yourself, and it's something that I've really, really enjoyed, and, I, and I've, I've created this article based on the importance of extracurricular in 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 the MPE um, and within schools, and, and why it's so, so important for the students themselves, and it's something that I feel really, really passionate about, and is it, and, you know i've spoken to p teachers around the world i mean around the country at the moment sorry and at our school and it's something you know that we're struggling with as at country at this moment really getting those kids into extracurricular sport. i remember you know when i was a student you know you used to race to the board to see if your name was on the team sheet and it was, it's the same for a lot of teachers now but at this moment in time it's really quite quite a challenge to get students involved in extracurricular sport and it's you know it's it's, it's a shame so what I've created, I've created an article based on why it's so important, and I break it down really to to only seven points about why it's absolutely crucial, and it goes, it, you know, I go into detail about things such as, you know, there's no, there's no hidden secret about how it enhances academic attainment, you know, exercise, so I talk a little bit about that and then, excuse me, about holistic development with students and how it gives them life experiences <clears throat> that they're not going to get with inside a mainstream classroom. So it's it's something that I'm very, very passionate about. And, you know, the more people who read it, hopefully, you know, not just PE teachers, you don't have to be a PE teacher to get involved in an so You can, you know, you, you can do anything. It's just getting the kids moving that's so important. And, you know, it's, it's no hidden secret that the exercise is absolutely perfect for academic performance and stuff like that. So it's, it's something I'm very passionate about. And hopefully even if one person leaves it and it changes their opinion on it because you know PE at the time at the moment it can't be struggling with, with getting the students involved and stuff. So it's it's all about, you know, raising the expectations and, and, and what the school sees actually tricurricular as, you know, it's not it's not just about the PE teachers. It is it's a whole it's a whole whole issue that needs to be tackled and, and all subjects, you know, as a school we need to come together and really push these kids you know, to get off the Rex boxes and, and go get some fresh air and, and do it in a safe environment, you know, you can't get any safer than the school and stuff, so where would, the, you know, I always, I write about where would the parents rather than be, would they rather than be <clears throat> hanging around with the friends, which is nothing nothing against, or in a safe environment, burning off some steam, you know, doing some extra curriculum, you know, it, it, I've always said it gives you that fundamental life experience, you know, within a controlled environment where they can, students can really develop goal setting, you know, time management, problem solving, you know, leadership and public speaking. So that's something I'm really, really, really passionate about. So if if, uh, some people want to read that, that'd be great.
1: Absolutely. And I read it uh, with a couple of kind of sort of preconceived ideas around extracurricular activities because, like you said, it was something that I very much enjoyed at school. In the early years of my teaching career, it was something I was very much involved in. So I've traditionally taken, you know, football teams across many, many years, and I knew that there were benefits of it. But I also came at it with. The kind of evidence base behind is extracurricular activities a, a useful thing to be doing, and kind of pitching that against what I know is happening in a lot of schools, um, which is after-school interventions, and you know, a, a, an extra work, and seeing that is extracurricular PE advantageous to you know the individual because it's taken away maybe from extracurricular um, interventions and things like that. But the the evidence base that you've looked at suggests that you know some of those extracurricular interventions if you like aren't terribly effective in some cases and actually extracurricular PE has got many many benefits you know not least what the one of which is improved academic performance so actually it's well worth people revisiting and actually looking at the paper that you reference and the evidence that you talk about so again I'll put a link to that in there and like I said I'm sure that uh, Ross and others at at Teacher Toolkit are listening to this so I'm sure that this will get pushed even further forward. I'm sure it will get released imminently off the back of this podcast, Liam, I'm sure it will. Okay. Awesome, yes. Right, so I know that you've got a very busy day planned, you know, it's, uh, it's 6 o'clock in the morning at the moment, and I know you've got a, a very uh, very full day in your holidays, so we'll cut to this one. So, you've alluded to a few of these things already, but if you can just talk us through, where can people find out more about you personally and the kind of work uh-huh. that, the, that the PE network are doing?
0: So, it's all based... Uh, on twitter and and so twitter is is the the place the, the hub for p teachers, shall we say at this moment in time so if you head to my twitter account which is at mr Webb underscore pe and all my work goes directly on there and the pe network is always online we've got some really enthusiastic pe teachers around the country you know uh, you know with like I say you know clayman is, is is really good at the moment mr Falik as well you know some really engaging, thought provoking P teachers, shall we say, you know, who really make me think and have helped me learn. You know, I've never met them, but you know, they are always challenging my ideas and what I believe is correct. And, you know, it's it's such a fantastic thing to have to be able to network teachers, network with teachers. So yeah, on Twitter, that's where you can find all my stuff. I also have a LinkedIn account. I always uh, advertise my webinars online. So if you know if that's something that you're interested in, definitely head to my LinkedIn account. <laughs> but in terms of the share, learn, Teach, Charge of Education and P for Learning, you do need to um, become a friend, shall we say. It's very much like I've got a system like Facebook. So if you do type in Liam Webb or uh, Mr Webb, you will find my accounts and from there you can you can find all my resources and we can network further.
1: Fantastic. Right. Well, can I thank you for getting me up so early this morning? <laughs> thank um, you very much for having me. <laughs> can I thank you for your time and enjoy the rest of your holidays? Uh, you great to speak to you. Thanks again, Liam.
0: Thank you very much. Cheers.
1: Thank you, Liam, for a fantastic interview there. Um, Just a quick note for things that are coming up in the next few weeks. So I'm very fortunate to be working with InsideGov uh, on the 9th of May. I'm down in London doing a presentation on the application of metacognitive strategies in the classroom so uh, that's coming up soon also on the 14th of may I'm again with inside gov i'll be speaking at the conference regarding tackling barriers to deliver tailored development opportunities for teachers so we're talking about the work we're doing with the teacher development trust in blackpool and of course on the 15th of june i am very fortunate to be speaking at research ed rugby where I'll be looking at um, the, the loftily titled Escaping the Hamster Wheel of Accountability, Using Evidence and Research to Change Culture in Schools. So I'd love people to come and say hello, and nice to put faces to names of people, uh, particularly at research ed conferences. We do have some guests lined up, so we have Pratesh Raichura and hopefully Professor Daniel Merz, but I'm more than welcome to other guests who would like to come on the podcast, so if you just drop me a, an email or a message, I'll put the links in the introduction to the podcast. Have a wonderful weekend and I look forward to speaking to you again fairly soon. Thank you.
0: Nailers Netter, just talking to
1: teachers. Talking to teachers about academic research and evidence-based practice with continuing professional development at PNA 1977
0: on Twitter. Nailers Netter, just talking to teachers.